Hi, it's Amy Martinez. I hope you enjoy listening to this week's Arsenal audio program. Arsenal vs Wolverhampton Wanderers, Saturday, November the 2nd. Premier League, kick-off, 3pm. 1. Contenders. 2. Head Coach. 3. Captain. 4. Voice of Arsenal. 5. Match Action, Liverpool vs Arsenal. 6. Supporters Services. 7. Women. 8. Match Action, Arsenal vs Crystal Palace. 9. Club Culture. 10. Community. 11. My School. 12. Visitors. 13. Arsenal Family. 14. Club Culture. 15. My Arsenal. 16. Teams. Unai Emery, the head coach, reflects on a frustrating week. Good afternoon. We are back at the Emirates today and our objective is the same, which is to win. But above all, we need to connect with our supporters again over these 90 minutes. It is very important to do that. The connection comes from using our quality, using our energy to play in our capacity to break Wolves' game plan. Over the 90 minutes, we need to be intense and clear with our skills. We also know that this is difficult. We must remember that this year we haven't lost at home, and I think we are feeling strong. Granite Zaka's issues last week meant that there needs to be some time to recover. The normality with him and with us. He is human, and like everybody else, he feels emotions. He didn't play on Wednesday. I'm not thinking about playing him today, but he's still training normally with the team. He has given his apology to the supporters, to everybody, and now we need to move on and focus on this game. We head into the game on the back of two matches that we had a big opportunity to win. Our first, a 2-2 draw with Crystal Palace. I believe we deserve to leave with all three points, and in my mind, there are two ways you can look at this result. We can speak about our performance as a team and we can also speak about the referee's decision with VAR. We started very well with our own two goals and we didn't concede a lot of chances in the first half. Maybe we could have controlled possession better and got into the box with more chances after 2-0. But usually when you go two goals ahead, the opposition have a little more freedom and want to push you again. They then scored their penalty following a VAR decision and we respect that decision. But in our last match here against Bournemouth, we deserved a very clear penalty and they didn't check. It was even clearer that Zahar's penalty. Okay, it wasn't important in the final result because we won 1-0, but it could have been important. The week before that in Sheffield, we had a very clear penalty in Socrates at 0-0-2. It was another very important moment in the game, but they didn't check. We need res- we need to respect their decision, and we lost. Against Palace, I thought we deserved a penalty, but the referee decided no without checking. The referee also said Sahar's penalty was simulation at first, and I thought, okay. But then they used the VAR and decided it's a penalty. Still, we respect that decision. In the second half, we deserved another goal, And our idea was to maintain our game plan and take advantage of the resolve to secure all three points. They then went on to equalise. 
And in that moment, it was difficult. But our reaction from both the players and supporters was very good. We started creating chances again, getting dead balls, taking offensive corners, and we scored a third goal. VAR said it was a foul, but I checked it after the game, and it's a goal for me. For me, VAR is positive. We need VAR, but we need to manage it the right way. At the moment, it's not working very well for us, and I'm disappointed because I think the team deserved to win. Three days later, we played in a crazy match against Liverpool, and I think for the football alone, I enjoyed it as a supporter. Sometimes I think these types of matches can help the supporters to be happy with a lot of energy because both teams showed a lot of spirit. It was an amazing game for the neutral. Our play in the first half had really good rhythm and I think it was a really good performance in general. But in the end, we're disappointed. We conceded five goals. We were very close to securing a win after they equalised late on. The result is 50-50 because it went to penalties. The mood in the dressing room after the game was a little bit flat. We played in such a positive way and we came back after conceding first with a good performance and a lot of patience. So it was disappointing not to go through to the quarterfinals. The last goal for Liverpool was a bad moment for us because it was in injury time. And then the game is decided by penalties, which can go either way. Despite that, I think there are a lot of positives for us to take away from the game. One of those positives was Mesut Ozil who played very well on the night. He's a skillful player in the team and he was positive every time he picked up the ball. He played a very good match. We decided to take him off in the 65th minute and that had been decided before the game. I spoke to Mezzo before the match and we made that decision together because he hasn't played for a little while and then we went on to maintain his fitness. He was very tired, but it was great for him to pick up those minutes. As I've always said, it was frustrating not to win after we put ourselves in such a good position, but there were so many positives to take away from that game. And now, we've got to channel that into our performance today. Our focus instantly turned to Wolves after that final whistle on Wednesday. They are a very strong team, and their defensive structure is strong and tough to play against. Last year, we drew here against them, And then transition play can be amazing. Their structure is to play with that transition. And when they play, they can build up. They can use the quality players they have. It's going to be a difficult match and it's our challenge. We are preparing. We are working to improve our things. And I am looking forward to seeing our team respond with our supporters at here, at the Emirates. Enjoy the game. Granite Xhaka. In these notes, I hope you will respect that I just wish to repeat the message which I posted on Instagram on Thursday. After taking some time to reflect on what happened on Sunday afternoon, I would like to give you an explanation rather than just a quick response. The scenes that took place around my substitution have moved me deeply. I love this club and always give 100% on and off the pitch. My feeling of not being understood by fans and repeated abusive comments at matches and in social media over the last weeks and months have hurt me deeply. People have said things like, we will break your legs, kill your wife, and wish that your daughter gets cancer. That has stirred me up, and I reached a boiling point when I felt the rejection in the stadium on Sunday. In this situation, 
I let myself be carried away and reacted in a way that disrespected the group of fans that support our club, our team and myself with positive energy. That has not been my intention and I'm sorry if that's what people thought. My wish is that we get back to a place of mutual respect, remembering why we fell in love with this game in the first place. Let's move forward positively together. The voice of Arsenal. Arsenal remembers. Our match today kicks off our activities ahead of Remembrance Weekend. As a mark of respect, our home shirt for today's game will carry the Royal British Legion's poppy embroidered onto the chest. We will also be wearing the embroidered poppy on our away shirt for our fixture against Leicester City on November the 9th. These match-worn shirts, which will be signed by the players, will be auctioned in aid of the Royal British Legion. Before kick-off today, Islington veterans and members of the Royal British Legion will be collecting on the podium to raise money and awareness for lives of servicemen and women, veterans and their loved ones. Arsenal chairman Sir Chips Keswick said, It's an honour for the club to be part of remembering those who have sacrificed so much for us. On behalf of the directors, players and staff at Arsenal Football Club, we are extremely proud that the team will be wearing special shirts with embroidered poppets at our matches against Wolverhampton Wanderers and Leicester City. We will always continue to remember those who paid the ultimate sacrifice and show our respect for the servicemen and women who continue to serve. Further details on how to bid for one of the special shirts will appear soon on arsenal.com and in future matchday programmes. For further information on the Poppy Appeal and the Royal British Legion, please visit www.britishlegion.org.uk. Leicester Commemorations Football will be making significant efforts at the official Remembrance Weekend next weekend. We encourage our supporters who are travelling to next week's game at Leicester City to take part in the Remembrance TIFO display before kick-off. These will be left on every seat in the away section along with instructions on when to hold them up. Arsenal Football Club will also join Leicester City in laying a wreath at the King Power Stadium. There will be a period of silence prior to today's game for supporters to pay their respects to all those servicemen and women who sacrificed their lives. We will remember them. Prague Fact in 1974, the Gunners entertained Wolves on this very day, November the 2nd. The match between the two teams ended in a dreary, goalless draw in what were largely forgettable seasons for both clubs, Wolves finishing 12th with 39 points and the Gunners gathering two points fewer and finishing in 16th position. Cannon Club Many of you will know the set of cannons outside the armoury shop, but perhaps not that they are real 32-pound smooth-bore muzzle-loading cast-iron guns which are on loan from the Royal Artillery. The guns were originally stood on ships, but have been mounted on iron garrison carriages, which would have meant they could be used in forts and in coastal defence positions. The guns were cast by the gunners who worked at the Royal Gun Foundry at the Woolwich Arsenal. 
we continue to have close links with the Royal Artillery Regiment, despite them having moved from south-east London to the Salisbury Plains. Operations Director Hal Sloman and Samir Singh from Arsenal in the community were recently guests at the Royal Artillery Sports Awards at Larkhill Camp in Wiltshire, where RA men and women who have represented their country in any sport are honoured. The dinner has been running since 2014. Arsenal legend Liam Brady was the VIP guest there last season. It is an opportunity to showcase what a valuable role sport has to play in the Royal Artillery and is attended by all ranks, from gunner to Major General. The Royal Regiment of Artillery are in the process of setting up a new RA museum at the Larkhill Garrison, and we hope that many of our loyal fans will be future visitors. Bag it! In every domestic programme this season, the club's kit partner, Adidas, are giving away small duffel bags. Just answer this question to be in with a chance of winning. Which Premier League stadium is furthest north? Molyneux, King Power or Villa Park? Email your answer, including your full name and address, to programme at arsenal.co.uk or tweet at AFC Programme. All entries to us by Friday, November the 15th, please. One entry per person. The Addy Years. It's a first today as the Gunners line up against Wolves in Adidas kit. The Black Country outfit were outside of the top division through our first scent in the three stripes between 1986 and 1994 and no cap ties took place during that time. Not only that, but it's a double whammy this afternoon with Wolves also sporting Adidas, their second season with the company. Adidas have never previously been their kit manufacturer. Oh, Vito Manoni! Congratulations to former gunner Vito Manoni, who has been named All-State MLS Goalkeeper of the Year. The Italian's shot stopper, currently on loan at Minnesota United from Reading, made 34 MLS appearances throughout 2019, guiding the Loons to their best-ever season. Manoni finished second in MLS for total saves, 129, while also conceding the third-fewest goals in the Western Conference, 43. During this time, he kept 11 clean sheets, helping Minnesota reach the Audi 2019 MLS Cup playoffs and the US Open Cup final, each for the first time in the club's history. This achievement is made all the more impressive by the fact that Minnesota's first two seasons in MLS were among the worst in terms of goals conceded, shipping 70 and 71. Their plus 28 goals conceded difference this season compared to 2018 is the third best turnaround in MLS history, above and beyond. Thanks to superseller Louise Curtin, who proved an exceptional purveyor of programmes against Crystal Palace. Thanks, Louise. Hope you enjoy your duffel bag. Ref Watch. Our referee this afternoon is Michael Oliver from Ashington, Northumberland. The 34-year-old is an experienced Premier League official. Today is his 242nd top-flight fixture since 2010. During this time, he's given 769 yellow cards and 35 red cards. At only 25 years of age, 
Oliver became the youngest referee in PL history when he took charge of Birmingham City's clash with Blackburn Rovers in August 2010, and he has remained a top-flight official ever since. He has taken charge of 27 Premier League fixtures involving Arsenal. During this time, we've won six, drawn nine and lost 12. He's also shown 53 yellow cards and three red cards. Assistants Stuart Burt and Simon Bennett will run the line, while Andy Davis is the fourth official. Paul Tierney is our designated VAR official, assisted by Harry Leonard. Picture of the week. On this day, November the 2nd, 1899, Arsenal reserves beat Lewisham 9-1 on their way to Arsenal's first ever silverware. November the 2nd, 1977, Terry Neal bought striker Alan Sunderland from Wolverhampton Wanderers for £220,000. November the 2nd, 1983, Martin Hayes signed professional forms with the club. Alan Sunderland signed for Arsenal from Wolves 42 years ago today. He is pictured in the hard copy here alongside George Berry in an FA Cup semi-final against his former club on January the 31st, 1979. Sunderland went on to score the winner in the Cup final that season. Report it. Discriminatory chanting and antisocial behaviour is offensive to all fans and not tolerated. If you witness any form of offensive behaviour, you can report it to a steward or use our See Something, Say Something service by texting FOUL to 67777 together with a description of the incident. We are proud of the diverse nature of our team, our fans and wider community. Thank you for your support. 100 Years Event The Arsenal Independent Supporters Association are hosting an event on Friday, November the 22nd, to celebrate the club's 100 successive seasons in the top flight of English football, a unique achievement. A fascinating evening with the Mayor of Islington welcoming guests and Tom Watt introducing speakers, including Rob Wilson and Arsenal historian Andy Kelly. Relatives of players who appeared in season 1919-20 are expected to be in attendance. The event also celebrates the 20th anniversary of the Willow Foundation and there will be an auction on the night, including prizes donated by Arsenal FC. It's a smart, casual evening from 7 to 9pm. If you would like to attend or would like more information, please contact Paul Matz at arsenalhistorysociety at gmail.com or phone 07850920899. Hat-trick of nominations. Viviane Maidima has been shortlisted for October's Barclays FA Women's Super League Player of the Month Award. The Netherlands international assisted Danielle van der Donk's opener against Chelsea before going on to score the winner in our crucial 1-0 victory over Manchester City at the top of the WSL table. That goal took Maidima's tally up to nine for the season across all competitions, but she's far more than just a goalscorer. Our star striker has also registered four assists, second only to Beth Mead, six. 
Meanwhile, Danielle van der Donk has been nominated for October's Barclays FA Women's Super League Player of the Month award. Van der Donk gave us the lead against Chelsea at King's Meadow before delivering a spirited performance in our 1-0 win over Manchester City. Of course, the Netherlands international displayed quick feet and flair throughout, but it was her tireless pressing and work rate that our fans loved the most. Van der Donk has now scored five and assisted three across all competitions this season, which can only be bettered by strikers Viviane, Maidima and Beth Mead. Finally, congratulations to Joe Montemura, who has been shortlisted for October's Barclays FA Women's Super League Manager of the Month award. We started October with a frustrating 1-0 loss to Chelsea, but quickly bounced back with an impressive 1-0 win over Manchester City, taking us up to second in the WSL table. Prior to that crucial victory, Manchester City had made a perfect start to their season, winning each of their opening four WSL fixtures, conceding zero along the way. Only league leaders Chelsea, 11, have scored more goals than us this season, 9. Matchball sponsor Sylvain Egli is an avid Arsenal fan from Switzerland and she has this message. It's an honour for me to celebrate this matchball sponsoring with my closest friends. What an exciting episode for our friendship following the slogan Du Strunz Magnut Sufa. Sufa. North London Derby. Tickets for our Women's Super League clash with local rivals Tottenham Hotspur are now on sale. The match will take place at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium during the FA's inaugural Women's Football Weekend, which aims to bring a new audience to the game. With the Men's International Weekend creating a pause in the Premier League and EFL calendars, make sure you're there to support the reigning WSL champions. It's due to be an historic day too, as it will mark Arsenal's first ever trip to Tottenham's new home. The game will take place on Sunday, November the 17th, with kick-off at 3pm UK time. Head over to arsenal.com slash women slash tickets to grab yours. Match Report, Liverpool. Carabao Cup, round four, 7.30pm, Wednesday, October the 30th, Anfield. Liverpool 5, Arsenal 5. Liverpool win 5-4 on penalties. Away fans, 5,500. Liverpool scorers, Mustafi, 5th minute, own goal. Milner, 43rd minute, penalty. Oxlade-Chamberlain, 58th minute. Origi, 62nd minute. Origi, 90th minute. Arsenal scorers. Torreira, 19th minute. Martinelli, 26th minute. Martinelli, 36th minute. Maitland-Niles, 54th minute. Willock, 70th minute. Liverpool team. 62, Kelleher. 76, Williams. 12, Gomez. 72, Van den Berg. 7, Milner. 15, Oxlade-Chamberlain. Substituted, 81st minute. 20, Lalana. Yellow card. 8, Kieta. Substitute, 55th minute. 67, Elliot. 
24. Brewster, yellow card. 27. Origi. Substitutes. Adrian, Jones, 55th minute. Kane. Shiri Vela, 81st minute. Larucci. Clarkson, Cumetio. Arsenal team. 26. Martinez. 2. Bellerin. 20. Mustafi. 16. Holding. 31. Kalasinak. Yellow card. Substituted. 83rd minute. 15. Maitland-Niles. 11. Torreira. Substitute. 72nd minute. 28. Willock. Yellow card. 77. Saka. Yellow card. 10. Ozil. Substitute. 65th minute. 35. Martinelli. Substitutes. Tierney. 83. Socrates. Ceballos. 72. Lacazetti. Pepe. Guendouzi. 65. Macy. First half. The first goal arrived just five minutes into the game when Chokran Mustafi turned a low cross into his own net and the goals continued to flow all evening. Lucas Torreira scored his second Anfield goal this season, tucking home from close range before Gabriel Martinelli continued his goal-scoring start to his Gunners career with a brace, taking his tally to seven goals from just seven appearances. The hosts pulled themselves back into the game through a James Milner penalty just before the break. Second half. We restored our two-goal advantage when Ainsley Maitland-Niles pounced on a loose back pass, stabbed a shot goalwards and Mesut Ozil flicked the ball back into his path to tap home. Once again the host fought back and Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain smashed home from outside the area before Divock Origi did likewise. Joe Willock scored the goal of the night from 25 yards to put us back on top, but an injury-time Origi equaliser took the game to penalties. Danny Caballos saw his effort saved and Liverpool progressed. Match stats. Total shots. Liverpool 15, Arsenal 13. Shots on target. Liverpool 6, Arsenal 7. Corners. Liverpool 6, Arsenal 4. Offsides. Liverpool 1, Arsenal 0. Fouls. Liverpool 8, Arsenal 14. Possession. Liverpool 66%, Arsenal 34%. This concludes match action. Supporter Services. The Supporter Services page lets you know what's new around the stadium and what we are doing to improve everyone's match day. Your Fans Forum The forum meets three times a season to discuss all things Arsenal with senior club officials in attendance and each get together. All the meetings are minuted and these can be found at www.arsenal.com forward slash fanzone forward slash supporters dash forum. If you have a burning issue or maybe a great idea that you feel will benefit other supporters, you can also find your representative on the page above and the means to contact them. Today's featured representative is Peter Host. 
I am the Overseas Supporters Club representative and also the Vice Chairman of Arsenal Denmark. My first live match was not a pleasant experience at Old Trafford in 2006 when we lost 2-0. My favourite player of all time is Dennis Burkamp. He oozed class and a determination to win. In my role on the forum, I intend to push for a better matchday experience for all fans and to try and build the Arsenal feeling with supporters in other countries. Supporters Forum Vacancy We currently have a vacancy on the Supporters Forum for an ethnic minority representative. Your responsibilities would include attending approximately three meetings a year and being available to represent the views, opinions and ideas of our supporters. If you are interested in this role, please contact rolinson at arsenal.co.uk for an application form. Islington Food Bank Collection A big thank you to all the supporters and staff who contributed to our food bank collection prior to the Crystal Palace match. The collection was very successful, with 38 crates of vital food and essentials donated. We plan to do it again in the spring. Watch this space for further information. Call the Arsenal Contact Centre on 0207 Don't forget to follow the club's Matchday Twitter account at Arsenal Matchday. Questions of the week. Are the batteries received in the adult membership packs for season 2019-20 compatible with the majority of phones? The power banks gifted in this year's adult membership packs are compatible with the majority of phones released after 2012 including iPhones and iPads that have lightning connectors, Samsung's S6 and earlier models. All Android smartphones. We understand that there will be a small number of models that are not supported and we would like to apologise if your handset is not compatible. The constantly evolving nature of the market means it is extremely difficult to provide a one-size-fits-all solution and we'll be reviewing the offering ahead of next season. Arsenal Women, the latest news and results from the Women's Super League champions. Big, big win. Barclays FA Women's Super League, Sunday, October 27th, Meadow Park. Arsenal 1, Mia Dima 43, Manchester City 0. We moved up to second in the Women's Super League table on Sunday with an impressive 1-0 victory over Manchester City. Vivienne Mia Dima scored the game's only goal taking her tally up to nine for the season across all competitions, while also inflicting City's first defeat of 2019-20. It was a slow start to the game, with neither side wanting to overcommit, but with patience and a moment of sheer quality, we were able to race behind City's defence and break the deadlock on the stroke of half-time. Having found a pocket of space 30 yards from goal, Kim Little waited for the perfect moment to release the ball and slip through Mia Dima, who raced in on goal and fired emphatically past Ellie Roebuck at the near post. The Netherlands international has now scored 49 goals in just 49 starts for the club. We continued to dominate play in the second half and had a golden opportunity to double our advantage late on, but Jordan Nobbs fired wide from inside the area following more impressive play from Mia Dima. 
Thankfully, we weren't made to rue that missed chance as our defence stood strong to secure three valuable points in the race for the title. Arsenal. Zinsberger, Evans, Williamson, Beattie, McCabe, Little, Walty, Vanderdonk, Nobbs, Rod 90, Mead, Mayer 90, Miedema. Subs not used. VG, Mitchell, Quinn, Praynord Magnin. Match Report, Crystal Palace. Premier League Match Day 10, 4.30pm, Sunday, October the 27th, Emirates Stadium. Arsenal, 2, Crystal Palace, 2. The scorers for Arsenal were Socrates in the 7th minute and David Lewis in the 9th. For Palace, Milivojevic in the 32nd minute with a penalty and Ayu in the 52nd minute. Playing for Arsenal were 1 Leno, 21 Chambers, 5 Socrates, 23 David Lewis, 3 Tierney, substituted in the 75th minute, 8 Ceballos, 34 Shaka, substituted in the 61st minute, 29 Ganduzi, 19 Pepe, 14 Aubameyang, 9 Lacazette, substitutes Martinez, Bellerin, Holden, Sarko, who came on in the 61st minute, Kolosinac, who came on in the 75th minute, Torreira and Martinelli. For Crystal Palace, 13, Hennessy, 2, Ward, 5, Tompkins, 24, Cahill, 3, Van Anholt, 4, Milivojevic, 18, MacArthur, 8, Kuyati, who was substituted in the 90th minute, 10, Townsend, 9, Ayu, who was substituted in the 81st minute, and 11, Zaha. Substitutes were Henderson, Dan, Mayer, Schlup, Bantike, who came on in the 81st minute, McCarthy, who came on in the 90th minute, and Kelly. First half. Socrates, marking his 50th appearance, thumped in an early goal after Palace failed to clear Pepe's corner, and just 106 seconds later, David Lewis converted the second from close range after another Pepe corner. What a start! We looked secure, but the match turned just after the half-hour on a VAR decision. Wilfried Zaha went down under a challenge from Callum Chambers inside the box, and was initially booked for simulation, but replays overturned the decision and the yellow card, and Luka Milivojevic fired home the penalty. Second half. Palace's comeback was complete when James MacArthur clipped over a cross for Jordan Ayew to head home. We regrouped and pressed for a winner, and looked to have got it when Socrates blasted in after yet another corner. The celebration was long and loud, but VAR intervened again and the goal was disallowed for an apparent push by Callum Chambers in the penalty area. It was harsh on the Gunners in what was a bitterly disappointing afternoon. The match stats. Total shots, Arsenal 15, Palace 10. Shots on target, Arsenal 6, Palace 4. Corners, Arsenal 12, Palace 5. Offsides, Arsenal 1, Palace 1. Fouls, Arsenal 18, Palace 9. Possession, Arsenal 56%, Palace 44%. Apart from the scoreline photograph, there are three with this report. The captions are 
Socrates thumps the Gunners into the lead. David Luiz celebrates successive goals at Emirates Stadium. That moment when the VAR anxiety kicks in. Arsenal Culture Club. Charlie George, fashion king of Highbury. Over the decades, Arsenal have had a big influence on popular culture. Historian John Sperling looks at the Gunners' unique impact off the pitch. From being the original skinhead footballer in the late 60s, Charlie George was labelled a footballing hippie by the Daily Express in December 1970 and a raft of Arsenal fans followed suit and let their hair grow long. Yet the man himself emphatically denies that he was any kind of fashion icon. People talk about my hair and what I stood for. They're reading too much into things. At the time, the Beatles and the Rolling Stones grew their hair long. If anything, I was just following them. But I suppose if you're a young footballer, you have to accept that people do tend to follow what you do. In the months that followed, his coruscating winner for Arsenal in the 1971 FA Cup final against Liverpool, the goal that won the double, George struggled for fitness and form. After equalising against Derby County in a fifth-round FA Cup clash with Derby at the baseball ground, George flicked a V-sign at Rams fans, prompting manager Bertie Mee to tell the evening standards, Ken Jones, we can no longer protect him from the public. He is the type of player who attracts publicity and it's not possible to keep him out of the spotlight. If Mee struggled to maintain an effective grip on George, the 70s marketing men were even less successful. With his attitude and looks, he was, along with Chelsea's Peter Osgood, London football's most sought-after commodity. The issue was, he wasn't overly interested in such schemes, insisting, I was a footballer, not a piece of meat. George dabbled with a pair of red boots for a while, but before long he was back in his trusty old black pair. Publicists then tried to turn him into a fashion icon come pop star. His presence had been prominent in Arsenal photographs for years. In team lineups, Charlie always looked rather bored with such pleasantries, preferring to snarl at the camera rather than smile. But publicity shots from 1972 showed a beaming Charlie sitting on a throne with a crown on his head and an auburn scepter in his hands. Naturally, the caption read, The King of Highbury. He later commented, The pictures were fun but I felt a bit of a prat, to be honest. George turned down the offer from Burton Menswear to appear in their men's fashion catalogue, well aware that teammate Peter Marinello had become the butt of dressing room jokes after appearing in garish flowery outfits as part of various winter collections. A couple of years later, when glam rock bands Sweet and T-Rex were all the rage, some wiseacre suggested that with his long hair and general lankiness, Charlie should cut a one-off novelty glam record. He appeared in a few publicity photos, under the none-too-subtle pseudonym Charlie Gorgeous, complete with silver moon boots, zip-up costume and bright makeup. The photo shoot organised by a mirror photographer, ended embarrassingly for Charlie. The makeup girl forgot to bring along any cleanser. So a fully made-up George, London's most cutting-edge footballer, had to get on a packed tube looking like one of the ugly sisters. He received some strange looks. The record, A Love Song for My Lady, was never released. Negotiations have broken down, explained a publicist. Ultimately, 
George's small dent on music history would have little to do with him. The Strikers and children of Selston Bagthorpe Primary School Choir released a song entitled I Wish I Could Play Like Charlie George. Still available on YouTube, an almost mournful-sounding child recites the title of the song before it explodes into an upbeat ragtime-style romp containing lines such as Give him half a chance, it's in the net. When you've seen him do it, you'll never forget. Finally, the Egg Marketing Board decided that George should front their new advertising campaign. It didn't go especially well, partly due to the distinctly uncatchy slogan, E for B and Charlie George. As he commented, no one, myself included, had the foggiest idea what E for B actually stood for. His most successful dabble came with a column in the Express the year after the double, but that too petered out. He recalls, I could have used my name much more, I suppose, like Bestie, but after a game I was far more interested in getting home to my family. Yet again, George had refused to fit in with or adapt to others' perceptions of him. The most lasting impact which George made in popular culture was through the songs with which Highbury crowds serenaded him. Charlie, 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 born is the king of Highbury based upon the Christmas song, The First Noel. And opposition crowds goaded him with, and please understand, these were very different times, Charlie George, Superstar, Walks Like a Woman and Wears a Bra, to the theme tune from Jesus Christ Superstar. Mention Charlie George to football fans of a certain age of any hue, and they are still liable to burst into a rendition of one ditty or another, and he remains one of the most iconic players of a decade that spawned numerous examples. Even Charlie, the most reluctant of self-publicists, can't deny that. This concludes Culture Club. 35 years in the community. Saturday Social. Launched in 2014, Saturday Socials is a weekly programme for activities for Islington residents aged 55 plus. It has wide recognition in the borough and provides social opportunities for the hundreds of older people who take part. The monthly When Saturday Come events around poetry, performance, film and photography are held at venues including Arsenal Stadium. Thanks to funding from the Arsenal Foundation and Islington Giving, the project has gone from strength to strength, giving local older people the opportunity to take part in creative community projects with local arts-led organisations, All Arts Change and the Cubic Gallery, and Older People Focus Community Group, North London Cares. The activities are promoted through Age UK Islington, during 2018, the programme engaged 846 individuals across 158 activities with 369 in the participants' age 75+. plus. One of the monthly sessions takes place at Arsenal Hub, right next door to the stadium. When Saturday comes, it is an opportunity for the group of 20 local older people to tell their personal stories through poetry, performance, music film, photography and dance. They work with professional artists Francesca Beard and Vasilia Valds to achieve this. The Saturday Socials group have also performed at Sadler's Wells. I'm much happier. I look forward to coming here. 
I like talking about myself. I'm very talkative, like writing poems, music, dance and cooking. These sessions take place at the Arsenal Hub, the club's dedicated community space. Photo of the week. Arsenal in the community's Twitter account, at AFC Community, highlights some of this month's community work. We are underway at Market Road for our at PLL Communities, hashtag PLKicks relaunch. Young people from Mislington, Hackney, Camden and Westminster coming together through football. At Premier League, hashtag this is everyone's game. My story. The work of the Arsenal Foundation and the partners and initiatives it supports have touched the lives of a great number of people in a variety of ways. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Arsenal Foundation has helped fund Hotline Meals, a charity that cooks and provides home-delivered nutritious meals for people in need. And it's Yummy Meals to Make Yummy Kids Project. Volunteer coordinator Chani Rappaport, aged 40 and from Hackney, tells us about it. 20 years ago, I began running holiday programmes and after-school activities for disadvantaged children and young people from Hackney and Haringey. It was through a combination of this and referrals from social welfare organisations that I saw the desperate need for families in crisis to provide a hot, nutritious meal for their children. Then I got involved with Hotline Meals by referring our users to this vital service. The need grew and the trustees of Hotline Meals approached me to help with their expansion, as well as with meeting health and safety legislation. I'm there for the inspection part, ensuring the paperwork and training for staff and volunteers is in line with current legislation. We have a loyal band of 175 devoted volunteers. Yummy Meals to Make Yummy Kids provided 840 freshly cooked nutritious meals to 35 disadvantaged children and young people over 24 weeks. These children are from families in short or long-term crisis and were living on pot noodles, crisps and other cheap unhealthy foods. They were coming to school looking pale and undernourished and weren't able to focus on their studies. 
They were referred to us by teachers, local welfare organisations, or concerned neighbours, friends and family members. The meals were child-friendly, cooked fresh every morning and comprised a hearty soup, protein, starch and hot vegetables, as well as a salad. The meals were prepared, cooked, packed and delivered free by our volunteers from our purpose-built commercial kitchen situated on Manor Road, N16. Unfortunately, demand for our service is growing all the time and we're nearing the upper limit of what our current premises can accommodate. The people we help are low-income families who struggle to pay basic household bills. Healthy takeaway food is way above their budget. Their homes have become dysfunctional because there is either a parent or sibling in hospital or in crisis. The donation we received from the Arsenal Foundation basically enabled us to provide 300 meals to disadvantaged children and young people. It's a privilege to be involved in such a vital organisation, feeding the poorest and most vulnerable children in London. The feedback from children, parents and teachers is overwhelmingly positive and my proudest moment was when the Food Standards Agency rated our service at level 5. It's wonderful that Arsenal is supporting charities like Hotline Meals and I would definitely recommend other people get involved in volunteer work. When you give, you get back double. For more info, visit hotlinemeals.wixsite.com forward slash HLMS. The Visitors, Wolverhampton Wanderers by Mike Hammond. It's been a hectic 2019-20 to 20 season so far for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Although November is only just upon us, they will be playing their 22nd game of the campaign this afternoon. It is only their 11th in the Premier League, but they have also run up nine in the Europa League and two more in the Carabao Cup, the latest of them at Aston Villa on Wednesday evening. It's probably fair to say that Wolves' busy schedule has had an impact on their form and position in the Premier League. Nuno Espirito Santo's side finished an admirable seventh last season in their first year after promotion to earn a return to European football for the first time in 38 years, but the obligation to play three Europa League qualifying ties this summer made it difficult for them to hit the ground running on the domestic front. Indeed, Wolves failed to win any of their first six league games, drawing the first three 0-0 at Leicester, 1-1 at home to both Man United and Burnley, before losing narrowly at Everton, 3-2, and heavily at home to Chelsea, 5-2. Another draw at Crystal Palace, 1-1, meant it was not until the last weekend of September with a 2-0 home win against fellow strugglers Watford, that Nuno's men finally recorded their first league win of the campaign. What came next, however, shocked the nation, as Wolves immediately followed up that first win with a second, beating champions Manchester City 2-0 at the Etihad Stadium with a late double from explosive winger Adama Traore. Since then, they have drawn 1-1 at home to Southampton and away at Newcastle and find themselves just below the halfway mark in the table with 12 points from their opening 10 games. More importantly, they are unbeaten in five Premier League matches and have still lost just twice all season. Championship winners in 2017-18 to 18 
Wolves enjoyed a remarkable first season back among English football's elite after a six-year absence. Not only did they qualify for Europe via the league, they also came within a whisker of reaching the FA Cup final, suffering an agonising 3-2 extra-time defeat by Watford at Wembley after being 2-0 up. They also got the better of Arsenal, drawing 1-1 here last November, before winning at Molyneux 3-1 in April. The Wanderers are already well-travelled in Europe this season, winning all six qualifying games against Northern Ireland's Crusaders, Armenia's Punich and Italy's Torino, and recovering from an opening home defeat in the group stage by Portugal's Braga 1-0, by winning away to both Turkey's Besiktas 1-0, and Slovakia's Slovan Bratislava 2-1. It looks like they are on course to join Arsenal in the Europa League round of 32 next spring. Wolverhampton Wanderers Fact File Founded 1877. Nickname, Wolves. Stadium, Molyneux. Owners, Fosen International. Chairman, Jeff Shee. Most appearances, Derek Parkin, 609. Top goalscorer, Steve Bull. 306. Captain Fantastic. At 18 years and 221 days, midfielder Ruben Neves became the youngest player to captain a side in the Champions League match when he wore the armband for Porto against Maccabi Tel Aviv in 2015. The Portugal international surpassed Rafa van der Vaart, who held the record since 2003. Faithful follower, after joining Wolves in 2018, assistant coach Ian Cathro linked up with Nuno Espirito Santo for the third time in his career. The pair first worked together at Rio Ave, then Valencia, before the Dundee-born coach joined Newcastle prior to his first managerial role at Hearts. Remember, the last time we beat Wolves at Emirates Stadium was in the 2010-11 Premier League season when a Robin van Persie double scored a 2-0 win. Last season, Henrik Mkhitaryan's 86th-minute equaliser spared our blushes after Ivan Cavallero had given the visitors the lead. Influencer Super agent Jorge Mendes, who represents the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, has had a big influence on the West Midlands club. He reportedly played a major part in Rui Patricio, Giuliano Chino, and others joining the club. International glory. Rui Patricio and Giuliano Chino were both members of the Portugal squad that won the European Championship in 2016. Both players, alongside Diego Jota, were also in the squad that won the inaugural Nations League this summer. 100 up. Wolves were the first and remain the only club to score 100 goals for four consecutive league seasons from 1957-58 to 1960-61. to During that time, they won the Old First Division twice and the FA Cup once. Caps Former Wolves captain and Arsenal manager Billy Wright was the first player to receive 100 caps for England. In total, the defender received a total of 105 caps for his country. Head-to-head, 2019-20, Arsenal and Wolves. Average goals per game, Arsenal 1.5, 
Wolves 1.3. Shots X blocked. Arsenal 102. Wolves 67. Percentage shots on target. Arsenal 47.1%. Wolves 43.3%. Cards. Arsenal 1 red card and 26 yellow. Wolves 2 red card and 17 yellow. Fouls, Arsenal 110, Wolves 114. Percentage goals to shots, Arsenal 14.7%, Wolves 18.4%. Corner kicks, Arsenal 83, Wolves 41. Average goals conceded per game, Arsenal 1.4, Wolves 1.3. Arsenal Family, at home with... Nicholas Pepe. Players tell us about how their family life influenced their football careers. Tell us about the family home you grew up in, Nico. I grew up with my parents and my older brother and younger sister. My parents were keen to create a good environment at home and make sure I kept my feet on the ground. We were very close and always did stuff together as a family. Of course, we had relatives who came to visit, but they didn't live with us. We used to live in a loft apartment in the centre of Paris in the 19th arrondissement, but it was just too noisy there. You could always hear drunk people shouting in the street. So we decided to move more out of town where it would be a lot quieter. We still have that house, and I go there if I want some peace and quiet. Now my parents and my sister are in London, but my brother still lives in Lille. Where did you used to go on holiday as a youngster? When I was really small, we went on holiday to Africa, but I can't remember that myself. When I was a bit older, I used to go away to holiday camps during the summer with my brother and sister. I also used to do football camps, and sometimes we'd go to Christian holiday centres. I just remember spending all the holidays with my siblings, apart from that trip to Africa, which I can't really recall as I was too young. Did you have any family pets? Yes, when I was small, together with my sister, I had a rabbit, a hamster and a dog. Now I have two small dogs and a large one. I love dogs. The little ones are over in Paris. The large one is with me here. He's a husky and his name is Snow. The little ones are Bichon Frise and their names are Rissia and Caso. What kind of music did you associate with family life? It was all African. My father and his brother always put on African music when I was little. They used to listen to certain tracks over and over again, so as children we just absorbed it as we grew up. It was all music from Ivory Coast, such as Zouglou and Coupe de Cal. What films or books do you remember from your childhood? I didn't read a lot of stuff then, but I did used to enjoy puzzle books such as Where's Charlie? In terms of what I watched, since I was little, I've always loved nature documentaries. I'd watch programs about the Sahara or about the great white shark. I love all those documentaries because I really like animals. I find them fascinating. Other than football, what other sports were your family interested in? We were always a very sporty family. Apart from me, my brother also played football. We liked many different sports in the family. I have younger cousins who are really into basketball and they play at a good level. I have another cousin who plays football and basketball and I also have an aunt who plays handball. 
A few members of my family play basketball or go swimming. I guess we just like sport generally. Did you play any other games in your family? My dad played Scrabble. We used to play Kemp's a lot. It's a card game where you have to get four cards of the same value. You work in pairs and have to communicate secretly with your partner. It's a good game where you have a real laugh. If you went out for a meal as a family, where would you go? To an Ivorian restaurant. This concludes At Home with Nicholas Pepe. Club Culture. News from Arsenal's official supporters club. Arsenal Armed Forces. On the match day closest to Remembrance Day, we thought it appropriate to look at the very special supporters club. Arsenal Armed Forces Supporters Club is open to all British Army personnel and veterans, including reservists. Joining the club is simple. Email them at arsenalarmedforces at gmail.com and request to join. All you require is proof of service and then they will send you an application form. Alternatively, you can find them on Twitter at ASC Armed Forces or look for them on Facebook. Second Lieutenant Lee Baines is a member and certainly makes the most of the membership. I have been an Arsenal fan for as long as I can remember, says Lee. I attend many men's games I can, and I am a season ticket holder for the women's team. I became a member of Arsenal Armed Forces Supporters Club as soon as I found out about it. My job in the military is running the cadet unit, in the school that I teach in and I also help out in my local unit. The supporters welcome me and it is a chance to go to games with like-minded people rather than go on my own. My Arsenal. We hear about your heroes, hangouts and heart-stopping moments. Email program at arsenal.co.uk for your My Arsenal questionnaire. Gary Morris, age 61, from Hitchin. Why are you an Arsenal fan? I was born in Liverpool Road, Islington, into a Gooner family. Favourite Arsenal game? 1971 FA Cup final. Arsenal 2, Liverpool 1, to clinch the double. My first game at Wembley. Matchday routine? Was always a pre-match Chinese meal at the Arsenal Fish Bar, but since it closed last season, Pybury Corner, Holloway Road. Favourite place to hang out before kickoff. On the concourse by block 124, clock end upper tier. How do you feel when you approach the ground? Happy, knowing I can forget everything else and enjoy watching the mighty Arsenal once again. Where's the furthest you've travelled to watch Arsenal play? USA, New Jersey for the pre-season game in 2014 versus Thierry Omri's New York Red Bulls. Favourite away ground and why? Goodison and Villa Park, proper old school football grounds where we generally do well. Favourite piece of Arsenal memorabilia? My Arsenal Arsenal book, celebrating the 70-71 double season, full of signatures and a signed framed Charlie George 1971 FA Cup final shirt. Do you collect Arsenal programmes? Not so much these days, but have them from 69-70 season to the mid-2000s. What do you wear to the games? The new Adidas home shirt. Favourite ever Arsenal shirt? Both the 70-71 home and away shirts. Classics. All-time favourite player and why? 
Dennis Bergkamp, genius. Do you have an Arsenal cult hero? Charlie George broke into the team at the same time as I started going to Highbury. And of course, he's the original one of our own. Best Arsenal goal you've ever seen live? Thierry Henry's solo effort in the 2002 NLD. What's the best debut performance you've ever seen? Rocky Rowcastle versus Newcastle in 1985. Have you ever met any Arsenal players? Too many to mention, but Charlie George at a friend's birthday party stands out. Which current Arsenal player would you most like to go for dinner with? Hector. Saw his address to the Oxford Students' Union and was very impressed. If you could erase one Arsenal moment from history... Jens Lehmann sending off in the 2006 Champions League final versus Barcelona. I'm convinced we would have won that game had he not been sent off. If you could be present at any Arsenal match in history, which would it be and why? Anfield 89. I so regret not going. My top five. Favourite goals. 1. George v Liverpool, 1971. 2. Bergkamp v Newcastle, 2002. 3. Piers v Aston Villa, 2002. 4. Limpar v Liverpool, 1992. 5. Wilshire v Norwich, 2013. Teams for Arsenal. Had couch, Unai Emery. Red shirts with white sleeves, white shorts and white socks. 1. Bent Leno, goalkeeper. 2. Hector Bellerin. 3. Kieran Tierney. 5. Socrates Papastathopoulos. 8. Danny Ceballos. 9. Alexandre Lacazette. 10. Masut Ozil. 11. Lukas Torreira. 14. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. 15. Ainsley Maitland-Niles. 16. Rob Holding. 19. Nicolas Pepe. 20. Schroeder Mustafi. 21. Callum Chambers. 23. David Lewis. 24. Reese Nelson. 26. Emiliano Martinez, goalkeeper. 27. Konstantinos Mavropanos. 28. Joe Willock. 29. Matteo Ganduzi. 31. Zird Kolasinac. 32. Emil Smith Rowe. 33. Matt Macy, goalkeeper. 34. Granite Sharka. 35. Gabriel Martinelli. 77. Bukeo Saka. The Wolverhampton Wanderers, head coach, Nuno Espirito Santo. Black shirt and shorts with orange socks. 2. Matt Doherty. 4. Jesus Valio. 5. Ryan Bennett. 6. Bruno Giordo. 7. Pedro Neto. 8. Ruben Neves. 9. Raul Jimenez. 10. Patrick Catron. 11. Rui Patricio, goalkeeper. 15. Willie Bowley. 16. Connor Cody. 17. Morgan Gibbs White. 18. Diogo Yorta. 19. Johnny. 21. John Ruddy, goalkeeper. 23. Dion Sanderson. 26. Taylor Perry. 27. Remain Sose. 28. Joao Muccino. 29. Ruben Vinegra. 32. Leander Dendonka. 37. 
Adama Traore, 49, Max Kilman, 57, Meriton Shabani, 68, Luke Cundall. Match officials, referee Michael Oliver, assistant referees Stuart Burt and Simon Bennett, fourth official Andy Davis, VAR official Paul Tierney, additional VAR official Harry Leonard. Today's other fixtures, 3pm unless stated, Bournemouth versus Manchester United at 12.30pm, Aston Villa versus Liverpool, Brighton and Hove Albion versus Norwich City, Manchester City versus Southampton, Sheffield United versus Burnley, West Ham United versus Newcastle United, Watford versus Chelsea at 5:30 p.m. The Arsenal Foundation helping young people fulfill their potential through education and sport. <laughs> Vitality, health and life insurance. We love sport and its power to inspire healthier lives. It's at the heart of everything we do. It's why we partner the leading sports figures, teams and events to help us share the vitality message. Getting active and staying healthy is at the heart of everything we do because taking small steps today can dramatically improve well-being over the long term, regardless of your current state of health. Visit vitality.co.uk for more information on how Vitality rewards its members for being active. Official wellness partner with Arsenal Football Club. Vitality. Positively different health and life insurance. Acronis Backup. Cyber protection for your data. Keep your data safe with the most secure backup. www.acronis.com EA Sports, FIFA 20, pre-order now, available 27th of the 9th, 19th. 